morning, City Life. How are you guys feeling today? The Lord has never lost a battle. Never, never lost. Think of LeVar Ball. Never lost. The Lord has never lost. Someone's like, who's LeVar Ball? You must not have cable. Um, Tetelestai. It's a big word to say it is finished. And that's where we start today. That Jesus has already won, paid the price, the victory. It is finished. It's complete. He bought us back. His righteous life, when we receive as a gift, grace, put our faith in him, we're made brand new. We start to realize our purpose and our identity and our worth, and we got to go back there before we even go forward. we got to go back to the cross and see what he purchased and what the cost meant. It meant that the payment was permanent. Like, we are victorious because Christ is victorious. Period. When Jesus was baptized, the father looks down and says, that's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased before he did a thing. Because today, practically, I want to lead us somewhere this month. We'll exercise, I believe, and unlock a superpower that's available for all of us. But let us never think that it adds to the work that Christ has already completed. And it's just fully a manifestation of us coming alive to be king's kids. That we're sons and daughters. So I pray that that confidence rises up a little bit right now. That we breathe in grace. We exhale grace. We shout freedom. Whom the sun set free is free indeed. This superpower, science has now proven... I read multiple articles on this. They got seven ways that science has proven it, 10 ways, 40 things, all these benefits. By a practice of this life, attitudes get better. Our psyche gets better, improved. Relationships get healthier. We get better sleep. In fact, we'll exercise more. We get more self-esteem. We get mental strength. And it all comes from the power of being thankful thankful. I don't know about you, but when I think about being thankful, I go to Thanksgiving and I think about what we'll eat or how we hang out or whatever ritual we practice. And what's interesting about Thanksgiving, and it's also a day though that a certain people group don't feel comfortable. We practice things when we're not even fully aware of what we're practicing. For instance, you think the Native Americans want to celebrate Thanksgiving? No. They don't. And it gets us a little uncomfortable, but it shouldn't. In fact, we should embrace the reality, and then it should, that uncomfortable truth should then change. Wait, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Oh, if it's a day that we can set aside to connect with our family, but also recognize that people have been marginalized, and they've been abused, and they've, been, they've experienced injustice, and maybe we can 
you know, give them a voice as well because their voice needs to be heard. And, and so we should live in that tension as Christians so we can't just go about and be blind to that. And, and it's something I've wrestled with even when Thanksgiving comes around each year, whether we say a, a post online, I'll talk with this with the social media team, if we say, happy Thanksgiving, and I'm like, yo, I can't do that. In fact, one year I recorded like a six-minute video I almost put online. And I was like, well, it might be happy Thanksgiving for you, but others are mad because like their ancestors had been like killed. And in fact, it's proven because look at how much money and we have reservations for people. So, so we got to understand that the, God wants to reach Native Americans too. And as Christians, we have a higher responsibility to be aware, to be woke on a high level. And then we have to acknowledge that pain. And then we have to understand that we're accountable. And then we got to take action. And how we could take action is just sometimes by just getting our heart open we might still go about, get a turkey, get it ready and all these things, but we'll, we'll have a little bit different reverence when we enter in, right? And even how we connect with God, we'll have a different reverence if we remember what's actually taking place. So it's not just like, be thankful and thanksgiving and, and uh, say thank you. Because look, think about this. We have practiced saying thank you at a very young age. It's been a religious exercise. Parents, we teach all of our kids. If they ask a question, what do they have to say? When they ask a question, what do they say? There we go. Please. Please. Answer the question. Please. And then after they get given maybe the food or the toy, what do we tell them to say? Say thank you. Thank you. And sometimes they say like this, thank you, because the parent's like, I, what did I tell you to say? What did I tell you to say? I told you to say it. You know? I told you we're going to practice Thanksgiving. We're going to be thankful, right? Well, today I pray we move from exercise, we move from religion, we move from pattern, we move from head knowledge, and we get in our heart of what God's been doing. God's been wrecking me in this area, and I have experienced momentum from this one exercise, being thankful and having a routine. Psalm 107.1, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. What kind of love would endure forever? For God is good, always. And we give thanks in response of who he is. And so today is merely a theology of thanks, that there's a practice of the kingdom to rightly study that this is a doctrine. This is, this is a kingdom thing. It's an attitude of a Christian. And I know there's a lot of disclaimers. What about if you're going through pain? We're going to talk about that. What about if you feel like we don't got a lot to be thankful for? Look, friends, we got to remember the little things. It's the little things. So five ways to connect to the power of being thankful today. And we're going to close with a little school workshop. We're all going to get a little piece of paper and get to exercise this. Number one, we got to know the password. And the password is thank you. Psalm 100 verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Message puts it this way. Enter with the password. Thank you. The password. Thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. 
Now, we learn in Scripture as well that because of Jesus' sacrifice, we can enter the throne room with God, with the Spirit. We got the full Trinity game uh, on, and we are in community with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. And here we are. I know this stuff. Sometimes you got to stop and pause and think, what do we believe? We're like a, we're like a Marvel movie. Christianity is the coolest adventure ever. It's so neat. And I, I, I think movies now have made it un, uh, relatable for me to think when I read the Bible, I'm like, oh my goodness. They're just painting pictures of what's been anciently true. And they're modifying and, and showing different a battle of good and evil and through this text. and You've got to understand, through this text, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. I know as Americans, we're biased. You know, we're nationalists. We see everything through the lens of American. It is very hard to not. Come on. Turn on the TV, it's Americans. And, and us in the Midwest, did you guys know this? Almost everyone on TV bears our accent. So we can be entitled pretty quick. We hear somebody on TV with a different accent, we're like, what are they talking about? And we start, you know, for the, from the South, like, you know, get the little slang. And we're like, oh, hillbillies. <laughs> right? We think, come on. <laughs> I just say it, you think it. We have some big biases. I'm really excited. The Bible, as we enter with the password, thank you, we can make ourselves at home and we can remember why do we have that access is because of Jesus and we can go boldly right into the throne room and get right up there right up there and be like, Dad, I'm here. How'd you come in so boldly? Oh, because of Jesus. Oh, good call. And I came and I wanted to just say thank you. That's how I want to start our conversation today. How many times do we start our conversation with thank you? Come on, if we open up our phone, our password, thank you. The password to get in. We got blessed by some friends. We uh, got to go to Disney World and it was really neat. A uh, few families went we went to the Magic Kingdom, I think it is, and we did the picture in front of the castle and stuff and uh, all that. Great, just great time. A uh, lot of people, a lot of people. Um, great stuff, a lot of money. Um, so I'm grateful they paid for it. We bought some snacks, but man, each snack is seven bucks, I think. You want a bottle of water, it's like 14. And I was like, for a case? No, they like a water. Um, but when you pull up, you know, it's so beautiful. They got the gates and everyone's there. And how do you enter into this beautiful magic kingdom? Got to have a ticket. And you shouldn't be carrying a weapon. And then you can get in. When we enter the kingdom with God, his password, thank you. I want to connect to the power of being thankful today and exercise that superpower that we can unlock that's there for all of us. I believe it's, it's, it's like this hidden treasure that's so plain but we, we don't even know how to fully manifest it. And number two, to, to manifest that power and to connect to the power of being thankful, we are in the presence of greatness. We have to look up. Why would we want to be thankful when we look down at our situation sometimes? It's hard to be thankful when we look down at our life because we're looking down at our pain 
And it's very similar to driving. Has anybody ever drove so much that you're just, you're driving, you see the potholes, you're complaining, you see, you know, the, the power lines, and you look at, and fall, this it doesn't, it's, not as, it's, it's not as pretty once all the leaves are gone. You know, it's pretty when the leaves for that small window and, and you kind of just looking down. But when you look up and you see the vastness of the sky, the greatness of God, whoa. It changes everything when we recognize we're in the presence of greatness. Psalm 95 says this, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. And a natural response to being in his presence is we're going to make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. We're worshiping. Oh, just singing. That's why when we're singing, it's a, what we're going to do. It's going to be a natural response. You see little kids, you turn on music, they start jamming, you know? And then the, it, it's just so sad when they start to recognize that, it, that people are watching and then they get insecure about it. But it's so fun for that, that glimpse of that window. If we could all go back to a place of worship when we're all three and the music goes on and we're just there. You know, we're there. That's, that's neat. That's neat. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. We look up. His presence is amazing. Amazing. Maybe you've heard a phrase, an attitude of gratitude changes our altitude. We fly higher when we're grateful. We fly higher. And as we go higher... In, in the natural, a plane gets up, or if you're, you're up high, the oxygen's less. But as we get higher with God, the oxygen is greater. We see our perspectives differently. We're getting higher. There's a quote by Melody Beattie. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace with today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. It's a picture of a, a minister. His name's Dave Reaver. And Dave Reaver, he's, he's quoted, I've listened to him speak many times, but he would, he's funny as all get out. And he says, look, I look like a monster, you know, and he'll joke around. In fact, he's got an artificial ear. One time he was preaching, his ear fell off. People were like, oh, and then he put it back on. They thought it was a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was newly saved, and I'm listening to him preach. And I'm at Mount Hope, about what 2,000 seat auditorium. I'm sitting right in the middle-ish. And he starts sharing his story about being a Vietnam vet. And a bomb exploding on the ship he was on. And he was sent into the water. And the water, because the gas lines, or the gas was all in there too. It was just a constant flame. Because when gas is there, it'll burn in water. Basically, he's, he's in the gas burning. And um, he said, I, he don't even have words in the English dictionary for the pain and the surgeries he went through. And his testimony is nothing short of a miracle. And the work he does in Vietnam is phenomenal. And he's just a stud in all, all accounts. And he said he was, he was so mad at God initially. And, and his wife stayed by his side, which is so beautiful. He was thinking, man, she's never going to stay. And he was just freaking out. He was like, I, he wished he would have died. And his wife stayed. And then finally she convinced him after year or so to go to church and he, stu- he was way in the back. He couldn't even really sit because he was still just healing to a place of functioning. He says he's in constant pain every day. And he's in the back of service and, this, and they bring up in service a war a hero that day who had been tortured and they were tortured and captured and the torture method was put their arms behind uh, and they tied it somehow and basically they would break their arms so much that their chest would split open 
and the, the, the soldiers say in his testimony, and uh, Dave Reaver stands up because he sat down for just a moment, and then he recognized, and his wife is like, what's going on, what's going on? Oh, oh no, I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I, I just need to stand up. She's like, well, why are you standing? Come on, just get back, sit down. No, 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 I'm hurting. And he goes, he goes, the real reason I stood up, because I recognized I was in the presence of a hero, and I could never sit down in his presence. And here's what happened. I was hearing that testimony, and I thought, I'm in the presence of a hero. This guy's still sharing the gospel, and he's went through that. In the Holy Spirit, I stand up. I can't sit down. I'm like stuck up, so I stand up like this. There's 2,000 people in the room. I'm 22 years old. No one hardly knows me. And it's like, and he goes, oh, that's amazing. Like, God bless you, buddy. You can be seated. I can't sit down <laughs> for at least five minutes. And I just stood up and I just stared. And I'm telling you that day, because I was so thankful, one, to Jesus, but also to just see people that have pushed through to still share his message at all costs. I was like, When we're in the presence of greatness, our natural response is to be thankful. And it changes all of our perspective. And I am not an advocate for war. I, it's mystery to me. I know people got that gifting and calling, and they're way more gifted at it. There's soldiers in the Bible. God, there's favorable ones like Cornelius. It is, people are called to it, our, our, gov our government, other governments, and, and I'm praying for peace as we're peacemakers. And, but one thing I do to exercise this is every soldier I see, I just try to t say, thank you for serving. And a lot of times they'll just say, um, they'll just be like, hey, it's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for letting me. It's like, what? We're soldiers for Christ Jesus who endure hardships, who aim to please the one who's enlisted us. Oh, man, if we can't wake up and just be thankful for a couple things and get our game face on, no wonder we're so sedated. No wonder we're so depressed. No wonder we're so struggling. Feel me? This is what's happening. It's a destroy on a, it's a, an attack. Because here's the thing. There's a battle outside, but the real battle's right here. It's right here all the time. The battle's right here all the time. And these are real things we're all facing. Number three, to connect to the power of being thankful, we are thankful for the little things. Like my shirt. That's why I bought the shirt. To remind me. The little things. The little things. The little things. Like going out to lunch, and if you buy somebody's lunch, and they, you just, it's such a cool thing when they say thank you. If someone buys your lunch, you say thank you. Or, hey, thank you that my shoelaces are, you know, functioning. Or thank you that I have shoes. And thank you that, you know, like I have feet. And thank you that I'm breathing. And thank you that we have this church. And, it's a community center. Thank you. See, there's a quote here that is just killer on this. It says, make it a habit to tell people thank you, to express your appreciation sincerely and without expectation of anything in return. Truly appreciate those around you, and you'll soon find many others around you. <laughs> Truly appreciate life, and you'll find that you have more of it. I know the temptation is to isolate. Come on. It is. Life is tough. 
Temptation is, be it, we've been hurt so much, but if we start to open up and practice being thankful, I think what we'll find is we're, we're just more attractive and people want to connect with us more in the little things. And, and, and here's the thing. We don't have to wait for someone else to initiate this practice. And we don't have to go out of our way to show people we're doing this practice. And when have you ever heard somebody tell you, hey, I want to introduce this, you to this person. They're the like, most thankful person I know. What an underrated quality that we all have access to that, that is so rare. It's not like I'm meeting people daily that are just like, whoa, this person's so thankful. But you can tell when some, someone's got this unique joy, they are thankful. And what I found is those that have unique joy, they also got crazy pain. So one of the mistakes we make is we say, someone can't, I can't be thankful because I have X, Y, Z of pain. No, 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 no. In fact, what I found is the quite opposite. It's the Dave Reaver stories. So we are thankful for the little things, and we are thankful, and this is where the, this is where the rubber meets the road. We start to land the plane a little bit, okay? We're going to go four or five, and then we're going to hand out some sheets. We're going to practice this. But number four right here, right now, is this. We are thankful always. So when do we do this? Always. Well, how do we know? Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us this, verse 17 through 19. Maybe in one of the weeks ahead, we'll get to talk more about Paul's life. But Paul, who's writing this, he knows about being shipwrecked. He knows about going to jail for preaching about Jesus. He knows about being beat in jail. He knows about thinking about his past before Christ, that he was one killing Christians, overseeing the death, the first martyr in the church, Stephen. He's standing there overseeing the command of it. And yet now, here he is commissioned as an apostle. He calls himself the least of all these super apostles. <laughs> he's the least, you know, there's the super apostles, and he's the least of all apostles. So he doesn't, even, he doesn't even count himself worthy. But yet he's so thankful, and he's content, we see in Philippians 4. He knows that whether he's brought high or low, he can do all things through Christ Jesus. And he tells the church that is meeting and he tells them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. So prayer and thanksgiving, watch, they're going to be hand in hand. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Have we ever asked the question, man, I don't know God's will. What's God's will for my life? Oh, where's he want me to go? Who's he want me to date? What's he want me to do with my job? You know, all those things are neat, but they're so secondary to the fundamentals. Love God, love people, forgive, be faithful, endure, persevere, you know, uh, just think noble, pure thoughts, love people, like let's live a holy life. These aren't questionable realities of what does God want me to do. In fact, what we're often trying to say is, God, I want you now to show me my future path when he's most of the time saying, hey, your future is with me. Let's be in relationship. And then we get to do all this cool adventure together. In fact, the plans you make for tomorrow, you don't even know what tomorrow holds. You don't, you don't know what you're saying. In fact, today has enough troubles for itself. But guess what? I'm Emmanuel. I'm the God with you. That's the Christmas message. That God came. Dear baby Jesus, he came. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We don't have to question whether or not God wants us to practice this attitude of gratitude, to be thankful. It is the will of God. So we don't want to quench the spirit. I like how the message puts it. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. 
pray all the time. So what does prayer all the time look like? Because that's a very valid question. I think prayer all the time looks like just talking to God and asking him questions. God, what do you think about this? Should I buy this shirt? Shouldn't I? Do I park here? Don't I? I, Who do I eat with? Who do I call? What's going on? God, who who can I send a text to today? God, do you want me to just enjoy this show? Do you want me to sit by this river and chill for a while. God, do you want me to work harder? We're, we're, we're just praying all the time, talking to him all the time, all the time. A good friend of mine said it this way. If we're really willing to listen, he will never leave us alone. The question then is, are we really willing to listen? Because when he tells us stuff, and how do we know if it's God or not? Well, over time, we one through the scriptures for sure, and we start to recognize is it his character, and then and then there's also the 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 the, the emotional side of God where he's connecting the spirits, leading us in and teaching us, showing us of Jesus in every situation. We're seeing that play out in the scriptures. Like in Acts, there were certain cities they went to, and the Holy Spirit shifted them, and there were certain cities they went to, and they met uh, the, the enemy and darkness and oppression, and they were like forced out, and, and, and through that opposition. So there's this cool battle going on, but God is greater in us no matter what situation we're facing, and we're praying all the time. But then we start to just get accustomed, just like any other relationship, is this God or isn't it? But like any other relationship, if we want to withdraw from that relationship, have a good relationship, we got to invest what? Time. Time. Man, God, I prayed the prayer. Why did my life not change? I go to church. Church is like a hype. This is like the hype thing. This is the entry. This is the stir us up thing, right? You can't. This is not the, the full buffet of God's display. Amen. And he wants us to pray all the time. I have a prayer. I, I, for me, what I've been doing recently, I, I ask God, God, do you want me to do this? And if I feel a really like holy feeling, it means yes. And if I feel like my stomach, Ugh, it means no. And that's, I've been at, I just do that all the time. God, then what about if I want to do it? I ask him a bunch. And sometimes I'll be like, no, 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 no. Do you really want to? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Obey, 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 obey. And when he starts to see us obey, he, he, he recognizes he can trust us with more. He can trust us more when we're faithful in little things. So we pray all the time. We thank God no matter what happens. So we thank, uh, we're thankful always. I want to show you a video of Nick Vojcic. Vojcic, I want to pronounce this uh, Vojcic. And... Um, I'll share you a story how, how, he, how he really inspired me and, and punked me out one day, and he didn't even know it, and I've never met him, but check this video out. When I was a kid going to school, I would see everyone else with arms and legs, and I'm looking at what they could do and running and playing football. I mean, it was hard to be thankful when everyone had more than I, right? I just want you to know in life that we can get so caught up in what I wish I had, what I wish was different, and I forget to be thankful for what I have now. Because you're never going to achieve your full potential in your life and a life without limits until you actually realize what you have and do your best with what you have. Accept what you can't change, change what you can, and do your best. You know, in life, without arms and legs, no one knew what kind of life I would have. And I had a lot of fears. But one thing I was always remaining to be was a person 
who was thankful for what he had. I think we can all agree that life has dealt him a very unique hand, very tough hand. In fact, uh, I think his parents found him one time. He, he tried to drown himself in the bathtub because he just couldn't take it as a young kid. And he's now a minister and travels all across the world. But I came home from work one day. I had that, you know, just the grumble attitude. And I went into my bedroom after a long day of work. And I was thinking, I can't stand my job. Can't stand my job. And I just was on repeat loop. You know, when you're on that doom loop, I can't stand my job. I can't stand my job. And you start thinking of elaborate ways to repeat the same thing. I can't stand this about my job. I can't stand that about my job. And Crystal comes in. Is there anything I can do for you? I was like, no, just leave me alone right now. She's like, a oh, tough day at work. I was like, oh. And I didn't really say it. It was just the doom loop was on. Can't stand my job. Can't stand my... I even shut the blinds because you want to be in darkness by yourself. Can't stand my job. Can't stand my job. Can't stand my job. Can't stand... Can you get the point? But that was for real. Like over and over and over and over and over again. Like, that's embarrassing because I am so blessed it is crazy how calloused the world can get us. And then even looking at our family or looking at our friends and looking at what God's given us, city life, this, this city, all the great opportunities, and to not be thankful and be grateful. It's just, it is crazy how the mind works. And, and uh, so I decided to turn on the TV, and there was the Christian station on, and there's this guy, and it's zoomed in on his face, and this guy's saying, oh, God loves you. God's going to bless you. God's got future for you. God's got a hope. Got a... And I'm thinking, oh, I've heard this a billion times. And then it zooms out, and it's him. And I just wept, and I said, God, forgive me. I'm such a sinner. Just forgive me. Because being thankful can almost feel like a self-help kind of recipe, but it is fully, it's a gospel thing. So we're thankful always, and being thankful does not mean we discount or ignore our hardships or heartaches we are facing. Rather, it's acknowledging what God is doing and what he has already given us. My job was opportunity, and it helped school me to where I'm at right here, right now. And in fact, we've got to then reprogram ourselves, but we do that by healthy communication with each other as well. And we remind each other the blueprint that's in the scriptures. Remind each other that there's a GPS guide. It is God. And so Philippians 4, 6, popular passage, and one that is worth reminding us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's work that backwards. We have a God that we can go to who cares. And since we enter in with the password, we say thank you. And then we get to pray and we get to tell him what's going on in our life. Why? Because life has a way of making us anxious about everything. Everything. Judah Smith said in a sermon recently, first world problem, anxiety. Third world, not as much. Why? Why us? Why is that our battle? Because the pace in the, in the information and in the comparison and the coveting and the jealousy and the seeds that are planted, the so much anti-God seeds to rob us of who we are, that it is truly finished, is causing us to be on a wheel that we were never meant to be on. Our God causes us to be still and lie down. He gives us just enough food for just today for that meal, and he leads us to the next moment. And the next thing, 
And if we're faithful and more and we get to empower, we get to do this thing together. And I know, look, friends, you guys came today because you want to live close with Jesus. And kudos, kudos, kudos. And the whole point of all this is to remind us that how much God has already done and what he's doing. And as we start to then experience this exercise, it is a game changer because we no longer play the victim. We play the victor, not the victim. How? How do we play the victor? Come on, victor. Victor. How do we play that song? That fight song, sorry, state fans, but... uh, Rebuked in the name of Jesus. Slow down. Slow down. I gave you, I gave you a sentence. OH, baby. No, <laughs> Someone didn't know that. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. My family's from Ohio, friends. I know. Exactly. Get back to the message, Pastor. Number five, we remember Jesus. We remember Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Team, can we pass out these sheets? Let's pass these out. Take one. If you don't have a pen, then raise your hand. Get these. Here's where we're going, okay? We got 15 minutes. This is awesome. We're putting this into practice. And as we put this into practice, we're passing this out. I want to read us of why we can remember Jesus. So I'm kind of the backdrop why the class is passing this out. And we get to then get our hands messy and dirty, which is... Jesus, one of my favorite passages and verses right here, Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love for us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means when I was spitting in the face of God, wanted nothing to do with God, he still died for me. He still died for me. He still died for me. Jesus, Jesus did. The way, the truth, the light, the Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's the best name. Ah, Jesus, Jesus. We got some people that have been set free in the room. Come on. Psalm 107 says this, all of you set free by God, tell the world. We can't be unthankful people. I want to just tell you the world how unthankful I am for what Jesus did. (laughs) I just want to tell you how crappy my life is first, and then I want to share with you about God. But I'm not really thankful for God fully. And I've been reading Job lately, and that will just... Pile drive you. I'm like, man, I wanted to complain until I started reading that dude's story. Here's what Jesus did. If God doesn't do another thing, Jesus was more than enough. We have to believe that. If we don't believe that, we're going to get caught up in a mess that we're never supposed to be entangled in, a web that we're just stuck in. If Jesus didn't do another thing, he did more than enough. And for that, we say thank you. For that, we say thank you. I was reading a book listening to it rather and it's called Game Changers and it's got several chapters that none of us should listen to that I skipped just some very new age stuff but it was the cutting edge technology of uh, or, or, or insight of interviewing hundreds of leaders that are government officials that are leaders in fitness in all kinds of areas but the whole premise is how do you be a game changer in every area of your life and very very helpful from how to eat and 
when to work out and all these different things. And I felt God's grace to listen to it for this specific season. We should always ask God, does he want us to listen to something or read a book too and watch a movie? And, and when I was listening to it, it got to the chapter on being thankful, which I never expected to get in a secular book. Like I didn't even know that this was so popular on TED Talks and in the secular community that people are practicing what we're about to practice. And here's what they said. He goes, after 10 hours in this book, he goes, if you threw out every principle and every practice you learned in this book, if you just practice this one thing, this would be the very thing you should start with writing down what you're thankful for from yesterday and then today in the morning. I was like, what? Everything? Like drink more water, work out? Yep, yep. The first thing that will change your life more than any other thing in this book is every morning, write down three things yesterday and then three things today. And I've started to do that in my journal. And they also said the next step, and I haven't got there yet, but I hope to be on this journey with you, is to do the same thing at night. That in the morning... Write three things from yesterday and three things today that we're thankful for. I've been doing this every day for a couple months now. And it, 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 it's, it really does. It, it helps. It does. Why? Because it's God. It's a God thing. It's a God response. And then if we can close the bookend for the night, whoo, game changer. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. Write 15 things that you're thankful for. It can be little things. And then you can, we can't do the tonight one, but we can do the today one. And we can start to then practice what we could do every day in our journal. We can do every day in our phone. It only takes, you know, a minute or so. But what we'll find is we start pausing on it. It's so neat. I'll think about what I did. And it starts to show us what's most important. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a teacher. I can look back and almost every day I, I, I put a memory with our family. But yet one of the first things when I get busy that I want to cut is memories with the family. It's ironic. But now it's like, no, 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 I need to put that on the schedule more because that's what I value most, period, period, period. You'll start to learn more about yourself. Amen? So it's simple. Here's what we're saying. Two words. It's super simple. We're just simply saying this. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad, for these things.